No, now we do. That guide the creation of the clones from the beginning. Dooku did. Hmm. Our enemy created an army for us. If this was known, public confidence in the war effort, the Jedi, and the Republic would vanish. There would be mass chaos. Cover up this discovery. We must. No one, not even the Chancellor, may know. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... Master Plo Koon discovers the ship and lightsaber of Sivo Diaz, the man who created the clone army! So Obi-Wan and Anakin are sent to fight to discover the truth about the fate of Sivo Diaz! But the dastardly Count Dooku arrives to throw a hydro spanner in the works! Hey troops, it's your old buddy Bucho, a Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Obi-Wan to my Anakin, it's your trusty bear Robbie. Hello there. We are going to talk about the 118th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Brian Kellen O'Connell. It's season 6, episode 10, the last one. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about the last one before you rewatched it again this week? Well, you know that I love the lore. I love learning more about the little bits and pieces and how things play out. I, I, I love that stuff. So yeah, man, this is the beginning of one of my favorite arcs, period. I mean, Obi-Wan learning that well, Obi-Wan and Anakin learning that Dooku is Tyrannus. The epic fight between Dooku and Anakin and Obi-Wan. I mean, it's just, th- this has so much stuff. And I remembered almost every little piece. I mean, this is, uh, it's a great episode. Have you watched this episode and this arc more times than other episodes? Well, honestly, the way that these play out, this is the least watched episode of this arc for me. So I think I've watched this three times i mean before this fourth time right but the next three episodes i've watched multiple times i don't know how many times honestly but i have watched it more than this episode well this episode opens with master plo Koon having a close encounter in a sandstorm with the ship and the lightsaber of Sifo ds the lost jedi master who as we learned in attack of the clones had been the one who commissioned the Kaminoans to begin building an army of Jango Fett clones. And this discovery spurs Master Yoda to look more deeply into the matter of Sifo Dyas, at which point Master Yoda discovers that the circumstances surrounding Sifo Dyas's death had been classified for some reason by a chancellor, by the previous chancellor, Chancellor Valorum. And Yoda also learns via Obi-Wan and Anakin that the Felucians report that there had been a second Jedi with Sipo Diaz when the Felucians found him after his ship crashed on their planet. But when Master Yoda visits Valorum and discovers that Valorum had sent Sipo Diaz to deal with the Pike Crime Syndicate, Valorum tells Master Yoda that he had sent only a single Jedi along with his personal attache Silliman. So the plot is thickening already. And so Master Yoda sends Obi-Wan and Anakin to Pike 
just as Darth Sidious sends his servant Count Dooku, aka Darth Tyrannus, to Pike. So things are about to get real interesting on Pike, Robbie. But before they do, let's talk about the first half of the episode and the notes I have here. The first is that that storm, that close encounters the storm that Master Plo and his troops have to negotiate on Obadiah, it just looks awesome. It looks amazing. They're in top form, the animators, in this episode. I mean, we keep saying it, and it's probably getting repetitive, but the show just looks so good. I particularly enjoyed the way those flash beams sort of blare through the clouds of sand, and there's just so many little things. And one thing I keep coming back to in my mind, you know, it's been a day since I watched the episode, is the part where Master Plo lifts up Sifo Diaz's lightsaber and the little grains of sand sort of fall off it. It's all just perfectly, beautifully modeled. I also dug hearing Obi-Wan say to the council, it's not the first time we've been wrong recently to the rest of the council, sort of reminding them that their record is getting a bit spotty. I did note that it seems a little odd that it took this long for the Jedi to investigate the lost Jedi Master who somehow provided them with their whole clone army. And I guess I can no prize that away by saying, yeah, they've been pretty busy, you know, since the war's been going on. Maybe they just haven't had time. And so this lead that they've just stumbled upon, that Master Plo has stumbled upon, has kind of spurred that investigation into gear. And fourth and last note on this section, props to Ian Ruskin for his very fun Terence Stamp impression as former Chancellor Finnis Valorum. So Robbie, how do you like this first half of the episode? And do you have any responses to any of those notes that I made? Yeah, I noted the exact same thing. That opening scene, it's so well done and it was immediately recognizable as a tribute to Close Encounters. I mean, if you've seen Close Encounters, well, at least for those of us that are a little older, we remember watching Close Encounters as a kid, and, and it was always something that I loved about that first scene. It's because you don't really know what you're looking at yeah. at first, you know? You're like, oh my gosh, are they starting off with showing you aliens and, and ships? And I I love the, the ambiguity of the way that they did that. And then the way that this plays out, it's very similar. It's got that same... It's just got that same feel. It, and There's a sense of mystery to it. Yeah, and one of the single shots that's really effective, I mean, it's not like a super interesting thematically or story-wise or anything like that. It's just technically, it's amazing looking. The camera is sort of inside the wreckage, and as they come into it, the way the light works, it almost looks real. It looks like you're looking at real footage. It was just so effective that I just, I mean, I was just sitting there going, ah, man, these guys have come a long way. I mean, especially if you, you know, look at bits of the movie, you know, the Clone Wars movie, and you, you watch a little bit of it, you're just like, wow. It looks so dated when you start watching this, you know? And, and it's almost like, especially when you, you know, I'm sure you'll eventually watch a lot of these again. When you do, it's almost like you have to recondition yourself, you know, that these are earlier episodes, and maybe the, the technology wasn't there. So it's just amazing to see. The only one one of the things that really took me out of the the story for a second is when Tim Curry as Palpatine pronounces it Valorum. Right. It's one of those things where it's almost like, well, why didn't you guys re-record that? Because it just it's so it it was distracting. I literally had to just pause it and think about it, and I'm going, okay, is there something? And I'm like, no, this has got to be just a mistake. It's not a character thing. It's not anything other than just a mispronunciation. And then. My last note on this, I guess the first half, was it's very interesting, the whole choking over the large distance, you know, when Sidious chokes Tyrannus. It's actually something we see in The Last Jedi as well, with Snoke basically throwing Hux down to the floor. 
I just thought that was an interesting thing that it kind of just sparked my imagination for a second, got me thinking about all the times that we've seen this kind of force power being displayed. You know what I mean? Yeah, Barris does it in the Ahsoka arc as well. She's not in that room right. when the choke happens. And you got to think, Sidious is on Coruscant, and Dooku is on his home planet of whatever that's called. I can't remember. So, that's a long distance, you know, perhaps even further than the whole Snoke Hux thing. So I just found it interesting. I mean, when we saw Vader do it, you know, to Admiral Ozzel in, in Empire, but that was, you know, like it's on the, sh- on the same ship, so, you know? So this is a... Uh, Wow, right? I mean, or am I just, am I just, nah, just go with it, you know? <laughs> am I looking too far into it? Yeah, I just go with stuff like that. I don't get too, you know, caught up in the mechanics of, of the Force, I guess, or I try not to. Maybe I used to, but I don't get too tied up in the mechanics these days. Well, there you go. I guess it's just me being, uh... No, I mean, a lot of people do, and it's good that you do, because I'm sure a lot of the troops out there will as well. A lot of fans still do, and I sort of used to, but at some point, I came to the conclusion that the mechanics of the force are not what's important about the force you know it's the thematic and the storytelling things about the force and so yeah i try not to get too tied up in all the rules of the powers or the mechanics these days and partly it's because i guess i'm watching this after i've seen the sequel trilogy which shows a lot of this projection over a large distance so it doesn't hit me the same way as it might have hit someone who was watching it for the first time you know right And for me, I guess I just, I'm not trying to put the force in a box and saying that you can only do these things, but there has to be some sort of limit. Otherwise, again, we're just right back to superheroes. And I, you know, that's just my, that's just my take on it. I get you, Robbie. And speaking of getting right back to things, let's get right back to this episode. In part two, Obi-Wan and Anakin arrive on Pike and they meet with Lon Pike, who's eventually persuaded to take them to Silman who unfortunately has been living quite a terrible life as a prisoner of the Pikes, and as a consequence seems to have lost his space marbles, but (laughs) who does confirm that there was a second Force user, someone who wanted to be Sifo-Dyas, he says enigmatically, but before he can tell the rest of his story, Dooku Force chokes him to death. So that's when we get that Dooku and Obi-Wan and Anakin fight you mentioned earlier, and then the Pikes arrive, and then... Obi-Wan and Anakin learn that Dooku is Tyrannus, and then Dooku fights everyone, Anakin and Obi-Wan and the Pikes, and that's when Dooku makes his escape, and the Jedi Council, or Master Yoda specifically, elects to keep secret the mind-blowing discovery that it was the Sith themselves who provided the clone army which has been defending the Republic. And the notes I've got here are that I really enjoyed Lon Pike's sleazy, slimy voice. I dug that performance a lot, so I was only a little bit surprised to find out that he was voiced by a metallically processed Matt Lanter, who who we think of as a really good voice performer, so that wasn't too much surprise. I also enjoyed Anakin's facial expressions, especially as Obi-Wan was accepting that offer of a drink from Lon Pike. Anakin's looking at him going... What are you thinking? Haven't we been through this before? Because we think back to Hondo, of course. And just in general, it's not the best idea to just accept drinks from strangers. I also have a note here that Obi-Wan and Mace must have been comparing notes because Obi-Wan uses Mace's force throw trick to propel Anakin from the platform and onto the ship that Dooku is using to escape. And the last note I've got on this section is that I just love watching Dooku fight in general. I love watching his complete and utter calm at all moments. I love that he uses that fencing style, that very upright style with his free hand behind his back. 
very unlike the sort of general samurai kind of style that the other Jedi use. And I love that he slices into the ship that he's standing on in order to produce an explosion which rocks Anakin over the side, but which has zero effect on Dooku. His composure at all times is so fun to watch. He's such a great villain. So how did you like the second half of the episode, Roby? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, the detail on the pikes, too. It's the, I guess, the arrival, you know, and them kind of walking through that. I guess it's like a chamber. I just liked all the little details and all the little, the background characters and what they were doing and things like that. But it was kind of interesting, too, is that I was thinking, wow, I mean, when we talked before about shows kind of being a little more adult in their action and their themes and things like this, I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see, basically, uh, a pike sitting there smoking and drinking and... I mean, it was like, wow, this is, I mean, that's... Debauchery. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was interesting to see. And then, you know, of course, we get to see a Twi'lek serving drinks, you know, looking down. You know, it's like, okay, so there must be slavers, you know, as far as the Twi'leks go here. I think we see one of them on the way in. We see one of the Zygerian slavers. He's sitting at one of the tables. Yeah, it's just... I guess the attention to detail, you know, it's like we've got this world that we've created. And now we can just throw out all these almost uh, like archetypes, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like you immediately know where the pikes land, you know, in their uh, in their morals. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of interesting to see that. But yeah, I mean, gosh, the detail uh, when we get to see Silman with the, I guess the, what are they, larvae or, or something that are in his beard. Yeah. And it's just he's so creepy and weird and... Ah. Poor old Silman. And then, how can you not love Dooku and the way he fights? I mean, it's so much fun. I can't remember if this is the first time that we see him doing the, the arm thing, but I feel like it's the most, like, in your face. I'm fighting you with one hand behind my back kind of thing. I can't remember another fight that he had that was that nonchalant, which is so much fun to see. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, in general, he's a cool, calm customer, but... For me, it feels like it's the first fight where it's super visible. It's like we're meaning to show this right here, that this is the way he fights almost as a, well, dare I say a gentleman, you know, it's very different than anything else we've seen as far as uh, fighting styles, which is, it's so much fun to see. And like you said, the way that he nonchalantly stands there as the ship is blowing up and, and then him kind of almost posing yeah. You know, as his ship flies away. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. It's awesome. And then I almost got a little angry at Yoda for calling for the cover-up. But then when he explains himself, it really makes a lot of sense. He said, basically, the Sith have got us. They've got us exactly where we want us. And there's nothing that we can do but move forward. We can't draw attention to it now or this whole thing will be for nothing. So the Jedi played into their trap perfectly. Well, speaking of things that are done perfectly, Robbie, let's talk about our standout shots of the episode. What was your favorite shot of The Lost One? Well, I mean, I hate to say it. We've already talked about it, but it's the Close Encounters lighting and and that that whole opening scene, the way that everything plays out. I just loved it so much that I have to pick that. It's my favorite one. Yeah, I've already given mine away too. It's the one where Master Plo lifts up Sifo Diaz's lightsaber and the grains of sand pour off it. Mostly I'm just impressed that it looks like they just did a really nice job of modeling some sand, which it just it just looks cool. I mean, it's not a character thing. It's not a storytelling thing. It just looks cool. And so before we bring this one in for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest, I guess, fourth watch of The Lost One, how did you like it? And where does The Lost One sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, I... 
it's tough because in a lot of ways I'm trying to measure this against the last three episodes, you know, that we have yet to go. But I kind of feel like it, it deserves a 3.5 out of 4. It's just so well done. And the way that the storytelling moves, it feels effortless. There's not a moment where I'm bored or I'm like, okay, let's get back to the whatever. You know what I mean? I feel engaged the entire time. And I feel like that's, yeah, I think 3.5 out of 4. I think that's uh, it's it deserves it. I got it at seven solid lost lightsabers out of ten, which might sound a little bit cheap for an episode, which is really well done. I just felt like maybe because there weren't any character advancements or character revelations, I didn't give it more. But I also think my whole rating system is pretty inconsistent through this whole thing, Robbie. (laughs) I mean, I don't really have any problems with the episode. I did think it was a little bit cute how quickly Lam Pike sort of turned over and said, okay, yeah, we've got Silman. I mean, there were little moments I could pick it. I don't really want to. I mean, the whole episode, like you said, it flows really nicely. It's pretty much fun the whole time. So that seven is a real solid seven. And that's mission accomplished for season six, episode 10. The last one. So, Robbie, won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to criticize my kind of arbitrary rating system. You'd think by the 118th episode, I'd have it nailed down, Robbie, but I guess not. So what are our communications channels? We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 119th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 11, Voices. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho. Alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you. Valiant men, the clones have proven to be. Save my life and yours. They have many times. Believe in them. We must. Win the war swiftly. We must. Before our enemies' designs reach completion. Whatever they may be. Are you sure we are taking the right path? Hmm. The right path? No. The only path. Yes. Designed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, this web is. For now, play his game. We must.